Welcome to the Mom Life Weight Loss Podcast. This podcast is all about ditching diet culture and helping you to end the overwhelm of the weight loss industry. I'm Laura, a registered dietitian and mom. I'm super passionate about coaching moms to successfully lose weight by helping them keep it simple. I'll be sharing tips, nutrition information, and actionable strategies. Plus, I'll be your coach to keep you motivated so you can lose weight, keep it off, and be your best you. All right, let's get started. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Mom Life Weight Loss. This week, I'll be talking with you about calories. What a hot topic in the nutrition, weight loss, and dieting world. I'll break down what a calorie is, and then I'm going to have a debate with myself about why you shouldn't count calories versus why you should count calories. I'll go over keeping a food journal and some things that you need to think about. Make sure you stick around until the end because I'll be sharing the tip of the episode. If you're team calorie counting, you'll want to hear my step-by-step instructions for starting a food journal, so don't miss it. All right, let's get started. Honestly, I feel like I need a disclaimer or something to go along with this topic. It's so contentious. And I say that I love feedback, but please don't send me hate mail about this topic. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. What works for some doesn't work for others and vice versa. Okay, well, I guess that was my disclaimer. Let's get into what a calorie really is. Essentially, it's a unit of energy. It is defined as the amount of heat needed to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius. Calories in food provide energy in heat. And we talk about calories in terms of our total energy expenditure. And this is made up of three different categories. The first is calories burned through exercise and non-exercise movement. Then calories burned through digestion also called the thermic effect of food. And lastly, calories burned through basic function, breathing, circulation, etc. So you might be wondering, well, what's my total energy expenditure? How many calories do I need? So there are lots of different ways in order to estimate how many calories that you need. There are what you would consider, you know, the gold standard ways to estimate it, and those can be expensive. You know, there is the DLW method, which stands for doubly labeled water. There's direct calorimetry. There's indirect calorimetry. That one is, you know, where you breathe into a mask. Um, Those are expensive and hard to come by, and usually you have to, you know, be part of a program or be going to a clinic and paying for those type of tests. The other free way that you can figure out how many calories you need is through some mathematical equations. So there are a couple of equations that have been tested through research to show that they are fairly accurate at estimating your caloric requirements. Um, A couple of examples would be the Harris-Benedict equation and the Mifflin-St-Jure equation. All of these estimate your resting metabolic rate, which is that basic function part of the total energy expenditure. So your resting metabolic rate or your RMR is how many calories you need to just do your basic body functions when you're laying down at rest, beating your heart, breathing, etc. From your resting metabolic rate, we can then figure out what your total energy expenditure is. 
part of the confusion around calories is that calories alone do not indicate how nutritious a food is. And the type of calorie, you know, does it contain vitamins or minerals, protein, fiber, or is it an empty calorie? An empty calorie would be something like, you know, drinking a regular can of pop. It um, doesn't really contain any nutritional value, but it contains calories. It's important to remember that calories alone do not discern whether it is a nutritious choice. This brings me into the concept of calories in versus calories out. This concept is, I would say, overused and misused. In this concept, the food itself doesn't matter. Rather, the number of calories consumed is what is considered to be key to losing weight. So just going back to what I said previously is that, again, a calorie doesn't indicate how nutritious a food is. So the calories in versus calories out concept does not take this into account and very overly simplifies saying that calories consumed is more key than the nutritional value of the calories that you are consuming. The concept stems from the fact that one pound of fat in our bodies is equivalent to 3,500 calories. So theoretically, if you consume 500 calories less each day, or you burn an extra 500 calories for a total deficit of 3,500 calories in a week, then you would lose one pound per week. So we do use this concept when we're talking about you know, total energy expenditure, how many calories do you need? So I'll go into that in more detail as well. It's just the basic, very simplified concept that one pound of fat is 3,500 calories. And so you need a deficit of 3,500 calories in a week in order to lose one pound. This calories in versus calories out concept assumes that, you know, the calories in an orange, so like a whole, like let's say navel orange, are perceived to be the same as the calories consumed from a candy bar. So obviously this is very overly simplified because you're probably thinking, well, an orange and a candy bar are not equivalent. Um, But this is, you know, the foundation of this calories in versus calories out concept. And people do use calories in versus calories out to lose weight. So it's just, I want to give you some background so that you can kind of understand the basic of where this all comes from. All right, so let's get into our debate against me. And uh, I was not in debate club or anything like that, so um, bear with me. I'm going to start off the debate against calorie counting. So why you should not count calories. So here we go. 1 equals 1, x equals x, calorie equals calorie. I think that you should not count calories because, as I mentioned before, quality should trump quantity. Calorie counting does not focus on long-term healthful eating behavior. You can lose weight using this very, very simplified concept. However, because you have not gained any long-term sustainable habits, you are more likely to regain the weight that you have lost. 
And since the majority of people who lose weight regain it within one to three years, you really don't want this and it's not sustainable, which everybody knows that I love sustainability. Also, I would like to mention another reason to not count calories is that your body is not a math equation. It does not take into account our complex energy system, your genetics, your weight loss history, your activity. So, you know, we're not as simple as a math equation, and so we shouldn't treat our weight loss journey in that way either. Another point against calorie counting is that you can become obsessed with counting calories, and it kind of can get you losing sight of what your real goals are. And it can create negative associations with food in terms of feeling like you have to weigh your food, measure all your portions. It can become a little bit obsessive for some people. Plus, counting calories is lots of work and there's a pretty steep learning curve in order to figure out what you're doing. I would like to say that calories count, but don't count calories. Choose whole foods, foods without food labels, and listen to your body. Eat when you're hungry and stop when you are full. Now team for calorie counting. Reasons why I think you should count calories. Calorie counting provides an amazing tool for education and learning. You can learn so many things about yourself and your eating habits from counting calories. You can learn about how many calories are in food, what nutrition aspects are a part of that food. Does it contain protein? Does it have fiber? You learn about portion sizes, How much pasta are you eating? How much cereal are you pouring into that bowl? Oh my gosh, are you eating five cups of watermelon and you thought you were having one serving? It really, really provides you so much education on what you are eating and what you are doing on a day-to-day basis. A lot of our food consumption is done mindlessly and calorie counting really helps you to become more mindful about the choices you are making because you have to become educated in terms of the nutritional value of your food, the calorie count of your food, and how much you are eating. Another reason that you should count calories is that it creates a great foundation for you moving forward in your weight loss or health journey. You learn about what your body needs and what you need as an individual and you can make adjustments as you go. It's a little bit of trial and error, but it really helps give you some perspective on what you're doing. Another great reason for calorie counting is accountability. And we all know that accountability is super important for sticking with your goals and being successful. Calorie counting helps you keep you accountable to yourself. And if you're working with somebody else, they can also keep you accountable because they can use it as a tool while you're working together. Generally, when we're calorie counting, we're keeping a journal. So some other benefits are that you're recording your week. We are very forgetful. If I asked you to detail to me what you ate last Tuesday, you probably would struggle to tell me. So if you've written it down, then you don't need to worry about it. You just look it up and you can see how the portion of your week went. It also paints a great overall picture of what is working and what isn't working and where you can make adjustments so that you can be more successful in the long term. Calorie counting is not just about counting calories, it's about giving yourself that picture so that you can learn, be educated, and be held accountable, and be the most successful at the goals that you are setting for yourself. All right, 
who won the debate. It's hard to say. (laughs) Judges are still out on that one. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm really team in the middle between calorie counting and not calorie counting. I really do encourage clients to keep a journal. I say, you know, any way that you can keep the journal is the best way. So if that's an app or if that's pen and paper, whatever works best for you. I do not follow the concept of calories in versus calories out because quality truly does matter. A calorie does not equal a calorie. And I really get clients to look at more than just calories. Calories really are starting point. I want you to be looking at your protein and your fiber and how many carbs are you eating and when are you eating it in your day and what is working best for you and how do we shift things so that you can be the most successful. So I really, really believe that it is a great learning tool to help you along your journey. And obviously, like if we're going to use a metaphor, we have a toolbox of lots of different things that we use in order to achieve goals and it is just one thing that we do amongst many others in order to help you go along your path plus you don't need to keep a journal forever you don't need to count calories forever it's not like once you start you can never ever stop if you start and you don't like it then you don't do it if you start and you love it great, then you keep on doing it. So it's not like you have to keep on doing it once you've started. So you're not really shackled to calorie counting. I'm really in the middle. I do encourage clients to count calories. I'm using air quotes here, but if you don't want to do it, then that's okay with me too. All right, let's now move into keeping a food journal and some things that you need to think about when you're making the decision about whether or not you should count calories, whether or not you should keep a food journal. So it's really important to start off thinking to yourself, what works for you? What kind of person are you? What motivates you? What doesn't motivate you? For example, if counting calories and seeing that output, you know, gives you feedback that is positive and motivates you to continue on with your goals, then it is something that you could think about including. If you're finding it demotivating, like you're stressing about weighing your food, measuring portions, you cannot figure out, you know, how much of whatever chicken and rice you should eat, and you're just generally feeling upset and frazzled about it, then it's probably something that's not going to be of benefit for you. I really am a big supporter of trying. If it doesn't work, then we stop doing it. So you're never going to know whether you're going to like it or whether you're going to hate it until you try. And as I mentioned previously, another thing to think about is calorie counting and keeping a food journal are really just one tool out of many different things that you can use to help you achieve your goals. And I did mention, you know, a lot of the eating that we do is mindless. So it is important to also think about mindful eating. It's so, so important. And journaling, as I said, you know, gives you that picture of your week. You've got a lot going on. You're probably not going to remember, you know, what you did three days ago. And so it really helps you to look back and be more mindful about your food choices because you have to write them down and think about it a little bit more before you put the food in your mouth. It also makes you be a little bit more mindful when you are making decisions about what you are going to eat. 
So I'm going to do a whole episode on mindful eating because it's so, so important and it's very, you know, um, important to address mindful and mindless eating. And so stay tuned because I'm going to do a whole episode on that topic. Okay, so this brings me into my tip of this week. If you are team do not count calories and I swayed you in that great debate, then you can stop listening here. Okay, I'm joking. You can keep listening because, you know, maybe you're going to change your mind down the road. And so you're going to need to know how to do these steps. My tip this week is how to start a food journal. And I would probably say that, you know, when I work with clients, about 90 or so percent of the people I work with do tend to keep a food journal. So let's go through the steps. And I've actually created a super helpful step-by-step guide for you that details every single step that you need to do from, you know, where you should get started, the equations that you should use, etc. And I've made a little handy guide for you. So you can go and head on over to my show notes and grab it there, which you can find at lauravermander.com slash podcast. Again, that's lauravermander.com slash podcast, episode five. Go on over there after you're done listening and grab the guide and it will walk you through all the steps in much more detail. So I'm just going to walk you through them now quickly, but I do encourage you to download the guide and use it to help you get yourself set up. As always, please message me and ask me any questions that you might have as you go along. You can message me on Instagram at lauravweightlosscoach. Okay, so let's go through the steps. Step one, choose how you're going to journal and then stick to it. Is it an app? Is it a Google Doc? Is it pen and paper? What works for you? Step two, calculate out your daily calorie goal. I'm not going to go into detail because it's all detailed for you in my step-by-step guide, but I walk you through the steps in terms of entering your height and your weight and your information and how to figure it all out. So you can calculate out your daily calorie goal. If you are going to only do pen and paper, then you can step this step and move on down to the next step. So step three is personalizing your goals. That's where it is a little bit of trial and error. In the guide, I do have a basic foundational way that I start off all my clients and then we can adjust from there. So essentially, it's personalizing your calorie intake, the percentage of carbs that you want to eat, protein, and fat. Again, if you're doing pen and paper, you don't really need to do this step, so you can skip on down to step number four. Step four, set a SMART goal. You really didn't think I was going to go a whole episode and not mention goals, did you? We need to set a SMART goal around keeping the food journal to get you going because as we talked about in you know the last episode, setting SMART goals is really important for keeping you accountable and on track and progressing, progressing, progressing through your goals. Step five is learn the basics of what is called the handy portion method. Again, this is in the guide. There's like a little link and a visual figure for you guys. Basically, you know, I don't believe that you need to weigh your food or, you know, measure everything out unless you want to. You can just use your hands as a very basic way to estimate the portion sizes that you are eating. And the last step, step six, learn, learn, learn. Learn more about yourself. Learn more about your habits. Learn more about your choices. Okay, so those are the six steps to get you started with a food journal. 
please head on over to my show notes, grab the guide, and walk yourself through the steps in detail. You can grab it at lauravermander.com slash podcast. Click on episode five, lauravermander.com slash podcast episode five. If you have any questions, please message me. And if you really don't want to keep a food journal, then don't. I do say try and give it a go. And if you don't like it, then you can ditch it. This week, I talked all about calories, what a calorie is, and the very simplistic concept of calories in, calories out. I had a very riveting debate with myself about whether or not you should count calories. Then I went through the things that you need to consider for yourself when making your decision. And lastly, my tip this week. I walked you through the six steps to get you started with setting up your food journal. Go on over to my show notes, grab my step-by-step guide for more details. It's got all the links and information that you need to get going. Thanks for listening. You can find a summary of the show and all the links I mentioned in my show notes, which you can find at lauravermander.com slash podcast. If you're looking for a little bit more community, make sure you join my free Facebook group, Moms Supporting Moms with Weight Loss. The link is in my show notes. Finally, if you liked this episode, make sure you follow the show and I'd love if you take a minute to leave a review or share with a friend. All right, excited to chat again next week. Bye for now.